Hey, you guys, we are on day 15 of the 21 day pelvic health challenge. And today we are chatting all about bowel movements or more specifically about constipation. And what we're going to chat about is going to be helpful in order to prevent constipation from happening to begin with. If you're not someone that doesn't typically deal with it, or if you are someone who deals with it regularly, it, there's going to be a lot of tips and tricks that you can use to manage constipation. And the reason we're talking about constipation specifically is because it very, very much is related to your pelvic health or can have an effect on your pelvic health because it can go two ways or both ways. So constipation can contribute to pelvic floor muscle dysfunction because of whether it's repetitive or prolonged straining, it can also create more pressure on the bladder and urethra. It can lead to things like prolapse, incontinence, frequency, and even retention. So again, chronic constipation can contribute to pelvic floor muscle dysfunction, but also it can occur because of the dysfunction of the pelvic floor muscles. So we don't always know which came first, chicken or the egg, but as you can see, dealing with both are very important. And in terms of, so I kind of outlined a little bit how chronic constipation does lead to some of those pelvic floor muscle dysfunctions. And that's specifically because of the repetitive and prolonged straining. So that's how constipation can contribute to dysfunction, but the reverse, how constipation can cause dysfunction is because if those muscles of the pelvic floor are actually too tight and unable to fully relax, this can lead to the stool getting stuck in the rectum, which can make it really difficult for someone to pass that stool when they have a bowel movement. And then that in turn can lead to straining, which can, <laughs> it's like it's like this circle that just never ends, lead to a pelvic floor dysfunction. It can cause those muscles to tighten further. It can cause those muscles to weaken. And really it's, again, it's this circle that it's one of those things that just keeps going, whether it's like, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like constipation causes pelvic floor dysfunction, pelvic floor dysfunction causes constipation. And then we get stuck in this. And that's why we have to treat both when we're talking about managing constipation. And so what would be considered normal for bowel movements? I know this is a question a lot of people have and don't actually know the answer to. So normal can be anywhere from one bowel movement every three days to three bowel movements every day. It depends on the person. Regardless of where you are on that kind of three-day spread though, your bowel movements, your stool should be soft and it should be formed kind of like a toothpaste. You should not have to strain in order to evacuate your bowels or to empty your bowels. And you should have no pain either during or after. That's kind of what we consider normal. Now, normal is different for every person. So if you're someone who typically has a bowel movement three times a day, and then you don't have one for two days, though that's still considered in the, you know, quote unquote normal for you, that might be constipation. And so obviously there's some kind of wiggle room within this definition, and it's going to depend on each individual person a little bit. Again, constipation, if you're starting to notice harder stools, pebbly stools, harder to pass, 
Maybe you have to strain or stress. Maybe it's taking you a whole lot longer. Maybe you just straight up can't go or you're not getting the urge to go, even though you're eating and drinking as usual. That's something that we want to manage as best as we can. And there's a few different ways we can do this. The first is, which I'm sure you guys have all heard of, and that's to increase the fiber in your diet. The reason increasing fiber is so important is because actually, because it actually helps bulk up and soften the stool, which then makes it easier to pass. And so in terms of consuming sufficient fiber, you want to make sure it's both soluble and insoluble fiber. And in terms of specific, how many grams and all of that stuff that you should eat, I won't give specific recommendations that is going to depend a little bit on the person. It's a little more complex than that, but ways you can increase this is increase, obviously your fruit, fresh fruits and your raw veggies, uh, eat the skin of, you know, fresh fruits and veggies, clean it of course, but don't always take the skin off of whatever it is you're eating. Those cucumbers, you can eat the cucumber skin, the apples, all of that stuff. You can eat the skin as well. You can also include things like brands, whole grains, and oatmeal. Definitely decreasing your processed food as much as possible. Adding some seeds to your day. Great, great, great examples for this is chia or flax seeds. I like to include both. I definitely have chia seeds in my um, smoothies in the morning. Sometimes I include flax as well. And then making sure, again, going back to that hydration day, whatever time we talked about that, drinking lots of water. So aiming for that one and a half liters and that 500 milliliters for every half hour you spend sweating. So make sure you're getting enough water because I don't remember if I actually mentioned this on the day we chatted about hydration, but water helps keep the fiber moving through your system and helps you evacuate your bowels. So definitely lots of stuff there. Other things is if you have an urge to have a bowel movement, don't ignore it. A lot of times if you suppress that urge, it'll go away and it'll make it that much harder to have the bowel movement. Avoid things like alcohol, sweetened beverages, refined sugars, all of that stuff. Uh, Try to get, you know, walking, moving, regular exercise is really, really beneficial And sometimes stretching, like bring your knees to chest, doing a happy baby, doing uh, child's pose, all things we chatted about in this challenge can also help get things moving a little bit. Okay. So those are some basic tips, increasing your fiber and some other ones there. Also give yourself some time in the morning. So typically our bowels are pretty inactive while we sleep. And so when you wake up, give yourself a little bit time to move. Our body has a natural emptying reflex that happens about 30 to 60 minutes after eating a meal or drinking like a hot beverage, like a hot coffee or something like this. And this is how our body just automatically moves stool through. And it usually happens most obviously in the morning, again, because we've been inactive over the night and then all of a sudden we're drinking a hot coffee or having some breakfast. So this is what typically happens. And now if you're someone who's been dealing with chronic constipation or you're busy and like you're up just running around after the kids or whatever, sometimes we can ignore or not necessarily even feel that reflex anymore, but we can use it to our advantage because we know it's there. So essentially what you do is after eating or drinking your, your coffee or your hot beverage, Try not to rush just to start your day and run off, okay? 
move around, maybe go for your walk at this point to help thing, keep things moving and pay attention when you feel the urge to go to the bathroom and try not to delay that urge when it comes on. If the urge is not very obvious to you, again, remembering it's usually that 30 to 60 minutes. So sometimes in that time frame, kind of go to the toilet, uh, take your time, do some deep breathing and see if that urge will come. Again, not wanting to strain here. Now, speaking of going to the toilet, you can also properly position yourself. So positioning yourself when you actually are going to the washroom can really help. And so I always say, have you guys ever heard of Squatty Potty? I love the Squatty Potty. And if you haven't, please, 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 I beg of you, look up their advertisements on YouTube because I swear these are some of the funniest ads and the marketers, whoever designed and marketed this, um, they're brilliant. They are so brilliant and they're just very entertaining to watch. Essentially how we sit on the toilet can make it a lot harder for our bowels to move, especially in this Western world that we live because we tend to have really high toilets uh, in contrast to the Eastern world. Like if you go, I spent a summer in Nepal doing some work and everybody squats to go to the bathroom, right? So very different. And basically the way we sit on the toilet now, say like that toilets at a, puts our kind of hips at a 90 degree angle. What that means is we have our like stool going through a colon down into the rectum essentially it passes this 90 degree angle. And that means the stool has to pass this 90 degree angle. And that's not easy, especially if that stool is hard. But what happens is this angle, we call it the anorectal angle. If you have your knees above your hips, so simulating a squat position, it essentially changes that angle to be about a, like a straight shot, right? And it becomes a lot easier to pass that stool which is why they call it a squatty potty because essentially this stool elevates your knees above your hips. It simulates that squat position and it makes it a lot easier to pass. Now you don't have to go by the squatty potty, right? You can actually just use like a um, sideways waste paper basket or any stool you have. I love the squatty potty because it, it fits really nicely kind of within the toilet so you don't tip, tip. You don't trip on it all the time. But again, it can be just a waste paper basket or just a regular stool. School. Oh my gosh, stool. Um, so positioning on yourself on the toilet becomes really important. Some other positions and strategies that work really well. I know this is going to sound weird, but keep your mouth and your pelvic floor soft and relaxed. So doing that deep breathing to relax your pelvic floor, but also not holding tension in your mouth or your face either doing your breathing nice and slow. What you can do is you can even add to this. And when you do your breathing, you can exhale as if you're blowing through a, a straw. So it's called a pursed lip breath. And that can often help relax things as well. Uh, the other thing you can do is like tilt your pelvis backwards and forwards and gently kind of repeat that. That can just get things moving try blowing into a closed fist. Again, sounds weird, but it's a good technique that you can use. Uh, and again, just leaning forward and changing positions. Lastly, what you can do, actually, this isn't lastly, I have a few different options or suggestions for you, but you can reach and twist. Basically take your left hand and your left arm and you're gonna turn your body to the right. 
and reach over your right shoulder. And that's just going to help based on how the bowels are situated in your abdominal cavity to evacuate the stool. Okay. So that kind of essentially stimulates it to move. That makes sense. And then the last thing I am going to suggest in terms of sitting on the toilet, there is something that you can do. I would definitely recommend talking to your pelvic floor physio about this or your physician about this. If you're someone who does have a prolapse, especially if it's called a rectocele, so basically a rectal prolapse, you can do what is called splinting. And essentially what splinting is, is using your fingers and the pressure of your fingers, and you're going to apply a posterior pressure. So pressure towards your rectum at either just at like the opening. So the perineum, so just right there, or you can actually insert the finger and put it against the back wall of the vagina. Make sure your finger is clean if you're doing this. And this splinting essentially creates a stronger wall so that it's easier to evacuate your bowels. Because if you do have a prolapse, which is essentially that collapse of the posterior vaginal wall where your rectum kind of goes into a little bit of a pocket, the stool can kind of accumulate in that pocket. And without that force or closed wall behind it, it can be really hard to empty. So splinting is a good technique if that is the case for you. But we don't want it to be the only thing you're doing to manage that or to managing your prolapse. So very much recommend you see a pelvic floor physio if that is something that you are struggling with. Okay. And then I don't think I mentioned this, but try not to stay on the toilet for hours on end. Really and truly, this should only be about five, six minutes on the toilet. If you just have nothing moving at that point, get up, move around, think of it and work on a different strategy because whatever that current one is, it's not working. Okay. Um, that's the big stuff in terms of strategies and sitting on the toilet. I already mentioned how walking and getting moving is really, really good. So essentially just adding walking activity throughout your day as often as you can. This activity, the way it works is it essentially helps move the food through our intestines a bit faster. And we want it to move through fairly fast because the longer food stays in your bowel, the more water is lost from it. And that makes it harder, drier, and then more difficult to pass. So this reminds me that this is a total tangent. I just remembered as I was telling you guys this, the Zoe, I think it's called the Zoe project is Z O E. It's, um, a really cool kind of like research-based project. I forget what university it's from, to be honest, but if you Google it, you'll see it. And they deal uh, like all in gut health. So their whole education component is in gut health. And they just started a podcast not too, too long ago. And they have really great stuff. And they did this blue poop challenge. And I can't recall when it was, but essentially they, you dyed whatever food it was that you were having with blue food dye. I think they, they might've given you a recipe, a specific recipe. And then you waited and you looked at every stool and you waited until you saw that blue color pass. And then basically that gave you your time transit for that kind of process of, of ingesting the food and then evacuating it. 
And then they had, it was really neat, basically based on what you told them in terms of how long it took, they had a little kind of summary of what that meant for you. So that's super interesting that I wasn't prepared to talk to you guys about because it just came to my brain. But if you look it up, it's Zoe and I can try to find it and uh, maybe send it off to you guys in an email for those of you who registered for this. Uh, it was just really cool and they'll definitely have more information. But again, we don't want food to stay in our system in our intestines for a long time because it's just going to dehydrate it's going to get stuck there and it's not going to move very easily so we do want that transit time to be fairly quick okay i think i said lastly like six times but then i keep remembering i have things to talk to you guys about but i have one more thing legitimately to talk to you guys about in terms of constipation and then i will let you free for the day if you are someone who deals with chronic constipation so if you're struggling I want you to do what's called the I love you massage. And if you forget what I'm about to tell you, remember that it's the I love you massage, Google it and you'll find the directions. I love you massage is used a ton for peds. So if you're a parent and you've ever dealt with a child who has constipation, there is a very strong chance your physician or pediatrician has told you to do the I love you massage with your child. And it's ex- essentially, it's a self-massage that we do for constipation and also just for general abdominal pain. It's really good for that too. And this massage follows the track of your colon in order to help you evacuate any stool that's there. So you will always move from right to left. Always, always. You can use, I often have people do this in the shower with like gel or whatever, or shower gel or whatever, because it's nice and easy to move. But if you're not in the shower, you can also just do it with lotion so you're not hurting yourself. So essentially, I love you stands for I, L, and U. And these are the letters that you're going to massage on your belly. So again, remember, we're always moving from right to left. We're going to start on the left side. So you're going to go on the left side of your body, right under your ribs. You're going to go right under your ribs, and then you're going to form an eye. So you're going to go from your ribs to your hip bone. So left ribs to left hip bone. And then you're just going to pass that about 10 times. So massaging right down. Once you've done that, you do the L. So you're going to go to the right ribs across your stomach to the left ribs and then down. So that's your L. And again, you would do that for about 10 passes. Then you're going to do your U, which is the right hip to the right rib to the left rib to the left hip. So that is your U. Okay. And essentially what this does again, is it follows the, the, the path of the large intestine. The reason you start on the left is because that is the end and that's what we call the descending colon so that's how the stool is coming down and going into the rectum and we want to clear what's ever at the end first and then move things through so if you've ever kind of worked on a freezy or something we mostly kind of move at the top first kind of break it at the top get rid of the top and then we you know, squeeze the bottom up and we're doing the same thing. So we're kind of getting through that first layer at, so at the end, so I guess it's the last layer, removing the eye, moving that stool. Then you're going to go to the other side, pull it to the 
left side and down. And that's kind of how we're doing it. I feel like I did a very poor job of explaining that. But essentially, you are starting at the end to kind of coax what's there out. So there's room to move the stuff that's on the kind of earlier part of the colon. And then after doing this, you just want to also do a couple of minutes of like a clockwise circular massage around your belly button. And this is going to help stimulate the small intestine. I would say a few inches or so two to three inches away from there. And you can do this. I love you massage a couple times a day in the shower before bed. You might hear what's called some peristalsis. So that's kind of the grumbling and groaning of your belly, like those little hunger sounds or, or things moving. That is totally okay. If that's a good thing, actually, if you don't hear them, that's okay too. Doesn't mean it's not working, but this, I love you massage is a really, really great option. If you're dealing with any sort of constipation. So there you have it. A few things, more than a few things. Like I said, I, I just kept thinking of things to tell you guys, but essentially dealing with constipation or not being regular for you. You don't want to ignore that. You want to work towards improving it and optimizing it. So you can also optimize your pelvic health. So making sure you're getting lots of fiber, making sure you're moving your body, making sure when you go to the washroom, you're positioning yourself well, and you're using some of those strategies if you're struggling. And then again, if you're struggling, you're using the I love you massage. It is one of those things that once you try it, you'll love it. You guys, constipation, remember, can lead to pelvic floor dysfunction, but pelvic floor dysfunction can also lead to, um, to constipation. So this is a great day to pay some attention to if you fall in either category. Thank you guys. Can't wait to see you tomorrow.